story is what is going right. Never in history of time have I seen so many people like, I, I must speak my truth. I must share my story. And when people don't hide and they really let themselves be seen and heard, I believe anything is possible. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right, a project of the Post Carbon Institute in which we interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, asking each one of them our core question with all that seems to be going awry in this world. What do you see on the horizon? What could possibly go right? Our guest today is Anne Randolph. Uh, Anne is a writer and performance artist whose ability to inhabit a multiplicity of characters from the timid to the aggressive to the weird makes her a one woman show of bridging divides. Um, in her workshops and in workshopping her own pieces, she's probably heard most of the mortifying, deeply regretted things people have done and she helps them, us, I would say, because I've been a student of hers, all turn that into the most poignant and transformative art. Her current show, Inappropriate in All the Right Ways, has been described by the Huffington Post as a show like no other. After taking the audience on a, an audacious, disastrous, and glorious ride, Anne invites audience members to take the stage for an unforgettable evening. Her show, Loveland, played for two years straight in San Francisco, where it won the San Francisco Weekly Award for Best Solo Show and garnered the SF Bay Critics Award for Best Original Script. Loveland also played to sold-out audiences in L.A. and won the L.A. Weekly Award for Best Solo Show. After the show, audience members would wait in the lobby to share with her their experiences of loss and grief, themes touched on in the show with absurdity and candor. In response, Anne created a unique theatrical experience at the Arena Stage in Washington, DC, where she held post-show interactive writing workshops on grief and loss. Anne's solo show, Squeeze Box, was produced by Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft and enjoyed a successful off-Broadway run before touring the United States and headlining at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Squeezebox also garnered both the LA uh, Ovation Award and the LA Weekly Award for Best Solo Show. So with that, here's Anne Randolph. Okay, hey, welcome Anne Randolph. I'm so glad you said yes to my invite. To, of course, you're yeah, Vicky. Right. How okay. can you not? <laughs> How could you not? Right. Well, plenty of people have, you know, been able to say no to me. Not, not everybody. So I, I just want to go a little history here. I first met you on Cortez Island, right, and uh, where you performed all or part of your one-woman show, uh, Loveland. And I sat there and I was slack-jawed through the whole performance at your imagination and your artistry and your courage. And your physical, I mean, just everything. I'm like, I want to be Anne when I grow up. And, and then I got to study with you for a weekend. And somehow in that weekend, I did a little shtick. And I, you know, just through the little theater of it, I told more truth about my life than I actually had admitted to anybody. It was like just amazing. So needless to say, big fan. 
And then to say that in the pandemic, you started Happy Cock Church, an online weekend writing community. And uh, I love what you say. Your, your story matters. Unmute yourself. So you are a storyteller, a story creator, a story nabber from wherever you can get a story. And there are so many stories now about what could possibly go right, you know, about where this ship of us is heading. And, you know, like what shores we're going to land on, you know, stories can be like our navigation devices or our compass or our sextant and don't do anything with that word. <laughs> so what is the story you see emerging that seems to be headed for um, healing and adaptation? So over to you, my friend, in the midst of all oh, that seems to be going wrong, what could possibly go right? I love this question, Vicki. And well, to me, story is what is going right. The very thing that as tons People are waking up and everybody to me is not everybody, a good majority want to tell their story. They want to speak their story. They know their story matters. Never in history of time have I seen so many people like I, I must speak my truth. I must share my story. Mm. And in that to me, that's like, OK, they're not keeping it suppressed anymore. People are releasing themselves, letting them letting themselves live very uh, authentic you know, living out loud, as they say, no longer hiding. And when people don't hide and they really let themselves be seen and heard, I, I believe anything is possible. Truly anything is possible. Um, and I'm interested also in how we begin to listen to one another. Like at Happy Cock Church, I see people listening to different beliefs and values that are not their own, right? And if we can sit with people that are, say, you know, I the name Happy Cock Church. Hello, people are triggered by those words. They're triggered by happy. They're triggered by cock. They're triggered by church, right? So people are like well, already like ah. But if you can sit and then acknowledge what is it in you that is triggered by certain words or makes you turn off from somebody not like you, how can we lean into and begin to listen to somebody with different beliefs and values? Then I believe possibility for creating wholeness, unity. Well, it's right there. And so I'm seeing it in Happy Cock Church and I'm seeing it in the world that we're seeing that story is the only way. Once we hear somebody's story, there's not a person that you could not fall in love with. So, and people are sharing, they're speaking their truth. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so interested in that because it's like, if you, if you lecture somebody, they, they will just like, you know, but if you tell the story and even you know, I mean, I'm just thinking about the moth radio, you know, and the, those sorts of public, that sort of radio performance, radio stories, and how people can tell the most god awful story about themselves and something that happened in their lives, but you love them. And so, is, is there a clue in this about, about how we lure humanity away from? beating up on each other and pontificating and insisting and dominating and explore, you know, the whole, the whole ball of wax, you know, is there, what's the clue in here about how to, how to, how to bring stories really into the whole public domain? Well, first I want to address that people do 
push, they get like this when they hear any sort of preaching or you must go this way and do this way. It's through your own story and not your own story as I'm just perfect. I'm Pollyanna. I do nothing. I do everything right. No, it is through sharing the flaw, your flaw and your shame. And when we often, you know, we don't want to share that, but when we do, like you said, hearing the moth and hearing people share horrible things about themselves, but we see our own selves reflected back in them. And it gives mm. us tremendous per permission in order for us to be fully ourselves because we try to hide that part of ourselves that has shame. And these stories are, are, are letting us speak that shame. There's this incredible quote by Steve Almond, a writer saying the path to truth runs through shame. Even if you're writing fiction, it's covered with the dark ink of your own freakish secrets. And I love that quote. And I think that's what we're hearing. People are stepping forward and, and saying out loud what it is that they're trying to hide. And when we do that, there's integration, there's healing, there's a transformation. Yeah, I wonder, you know, just like you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about world leaders. You know, I'm wondering if, you know, the head of the WHO or the CDC or, you know, or, you know, I wonder if Anthony Fauci stood up at the microphone, you know, like, you know, of course, that there are people who think he's the devil. I cannot, you know, for me, he's like, thank God there's an Anthony Fauci. Yeah. But I wonder what would happen if he stood up and told the story of how, like, you know, some something that happened to him that might have been shame loaded, you know, that that brought him to the desire to offer public health. I mean, he could be, I don't tell my, I don't tell my shameful stories because I don't want anybody to know that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could do it in a workshop, but I mean, what if our world were, were more friendly because look, really, I mean, what we're up against it is literally a crying shame. Yeah. I mean, literally our predicament, collective predicament, is so full of shame. Somebody said to me recently that they thought that people who are, you know, who are responsible for lying about fossil fuels have so much shame that they can't even, they can't admit anything. I mean, I'd just be interested in your reflections about how people come to your classes and, and broken through that. What do you see out there? Have, have you seen public figures tell the truth about something and have it change things? Well, I've seen it change lives on an individual basis when people no longer hide. And if that person changes and they release that shame and spoken out loud, then the possibility for that human being is, is immense because when that shame is in there, there's, there's an internal conflict going on. Right. And then once you can speak it, it's like going to AA, right? Once that person goes and shares a story in a 12 step program, there's a liberation that occurs and, I, I'm a believer in like one story at a time, one person at a time. And mm. I, I, I see it. I see it in people's lives. I see people changed. And um, I had a student who would not, oh my God, for, I want to say every week she'd come in and speak against, you know, violence, physical violence against women, against children. She's like, you must, she was like, stop. We must stop like preaching and yelling at us for like weeks. And of course, all of us are in agreement. There should be no physical violence against anybody. 
and she's ranting on it. And then I kept on encouraging her, encouraging her where in her, where can she identify or even be able to take the position to understand somebody that would do that. And then I think it was the fifth class she came in and she talked about hitting her child, slapping her child. And she broke into tears and the vulnerability of her being able to share her own place where she had so much shame and here she's preaching against it. And I said, if you're going to make an impact on the world, you're, you're going to start with that own story, your own story. It, it's, it's the most important way to, to open up for us to get for, for so, somebody to come on board and listen to you. So it's huge. Yeah. I know this sounds hokey, but I wonder, wonder if we could try telling the story of COVID, you know, like, like here's a little COVID, you know, just hanging out with the bats or wherever, you know, yeah. oh God, and they took me into this lab and it was cold and it was like, I couldn't stand it. And they kept poking things in me and like trying to make me something that I'm not, you know, I mean, everything. Yeah. The story of the Amazon rainforest, what would the rainforest, you know, like. Yeah. I'm so, I can't feed my people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. No, it's like to personify the COVID to personify through story. You, it, it makes it definitely more, uh, you can hook on, you can, you, you can listen, you can listen in a deeper way. So I think that's a great idea, Vicki. I think you should do one person show from the point of view <laughs> of the virus or of the Amazon forest. I think we should do a show together. <laughs> you can play the scientist and I'll play the COVID that you're, you're trying to slice and dice. And, okay. you know, you can try and roll the bad guy, the villain. <laughs> I think this, I think if it, if it was lab or originated, you know, I mean, it's all this debate, but I think there yeah. are two bad guys, you know, there's sort of, I think the COVID is the good guy. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just, I was just yeah. in the forest last week, you know, I was just hanging out with my friends, you know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what what would be other stories? Um, I also want to talk about just story in general that, you know, every story I like to teach is uh, like a, there's a hero story. Right. And we're watching the hero or heroine take action in their life to get what they want. Right. But in getting what they want, if if it's revelatory, a good story, it's going to impact all of humanity. It's going to it's going to help others along the way. The problem is with many stories that I run across is every story should have within ourselves, us as the lead character, that we are the hero, we are the victim, and we are also the perpetrator. That's a hard word for people. When I say perpetrator, I mean like where I screw up, where I put my foot in my mouth, where I have evil, where I have bad things in me. We all, we, we don't want to tell a Pollyanna story. We want to, like that woman sharing how she hit and slapped her child, right? Horrible. She admitted that, right? But you're looking at these flaws in you, these imperfections. And the hero's journey is being able to look at those imperfections and then begin to transform them. And so it's a deep self-inquiry for sure. And I'm seeing more people willing, this gives me hope, willing to look at, look at that and then transform it. You know, Joanna Macy used to, when I first heard her speak, she, she told the story of Parsifal. Um, you know, it was, it's a grail story. Um, and he had to go, and I think he had to get something from, an, uh, from a king. 
And so I'm going to screw up the story, but something like, you know, he goes and he tries to take it and he can't get it. You know, there's like a series of approaches that he uses. Um, and please forgive me, anybody watching this, you know, but, but then he, he goes and he just says to the king, because the king is clearly suffering. He says, what aileth thee? And it unlocks the king. It unlocks the king. Yeah. I don't want to go too much in the trauma narrative, but it's like, if we can connect, um, with some understanding to the pain that generates the behavior we can't stand, somehow that can unlock it. Giving somebody an opportunity like you do with this woman to tell the story unlocks it. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's like we're stuck right now in this world. We're stuck in very solid stories that yes. will not budge, will not budge. Yep. And it's a, it's a lot of it is we identify as a character in the story and we really don't want to be, we don't want to go around that Cart, <laughs> Cartman triangle. You know, we want to be the hero. I'm trying to be the hero and you don't tell me I'm the villain and the perpetrator and the, I don't, don't tell me right that I'm those other roles. I, so there's this sort of like dome of pride that sits on top of our mm -hmm. truth. Yeah. Look, it takes immense courage. It, that's the name to really say, okay, here, here's where I'm at fault. Here's where I call the other person an idiot when they don't agree with the way I think. But if you do that, you're doing a separation right away. They're there and I'm here and there's no room for unity. So you have to look at what is it that's triggering you about that person and then go look at it because there's a wound inside of you. There's a wound inside of me when I'm, when I'm triggered, I have to really look at that. What is it in, in, in story? Then you're, you're, you're going to mind that you're going to find it. And I also think about um, when you hide it, there's this great, uh, I think it's a, in the Cherokee tradition. They, the, you know, man's very sick and they bring him to the medicine man. And the first question he asks is nothing about the physical symptoms. The first question is when's the last time you told your story? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think there's a clue in there too, about, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are trying to like promote their story of coming through this. Well, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of stories afoot about, it's almost like, be, because when conditions are so fluid, the ability to frame, to storify, storyify yeah. the circumstance, because it's so fluid. So you can just take elements of the fluidity and you can make it into a story. And so I have found myself a, a bit <clears throat> aversive. I shouldn't say that now, now because what am I, what's in me that's aversive to it? But, you know, it's like the stories of, of, of prevailing, the stories of winning, whether you are in the conscious evolution game or whether you're in the vaccine game or, you know, whatever your preferred um, happy ending is yeah. to where we are, um, you'll start promoting it. But I, it, it's absent going through something. And I feel like right now, collectively, 
We're going through something. Yes. We're in the dark wood. Yeah. And so we're in that part of the story where there's allies and enemies and the enemies look like allies and the allies look like enemies. And what's your sense of the, this sort of, this part of the story, the dark wood, the getting lost, the part of the story, where are we? Well, I go more for individual than where are we because I can't speak about my neighbor. Do you know? <laughs> right, so, right. And I'm, a, I'm an all where are we, but, but go for the yeah. individual. Yeah. So I'm looking at, I'm also looking at what's happening in the culture as far as as much as stories out there. And we're encouraging people to tell a story. We're also I'm seeing, you know, there's the cancel culture, where which oftentimes allows for no room for redemption. And that's a very challenging thing to see out there in the, in the world as well. Of course, cancel culture did incredible positive things for, you know, uh, calling out people that have done wrong. Right? But if we if there's no room for redemption or forgiveness, to me, that's 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 the hero's journey, right? That we are redeemed, that we can be forgiven, that we can move forward. And if that's gone. That concerns me deeply. So that's where I see the dark night in our culture right now is people on tiptoes often to say anything for fear of being not on the right side of whatever ideology or political divide, whatever that might be. So they're, they're being quiet. And that's extremely dangerous because once they're, they're suppressing their truth. But it's my, my quote that, you know, it's from the Bible. The truth shall set you free. Exactly, and, and if we can challenge ourselves to speak our truth every single day, to say out loud what we we feel and we think and we believe, and also hold space for another's truth, then we make progress. But right now, I think there's a lot of tentativeness. You know, pe- people pick sides; they pick sides, and we've got to let go of that because that's a separation. It's a separation, and we forget that every single individual on both sides, and however they may, are fighting a battle. Every character in every story is fighting a battle. We all have our battles. We, some of us know what they are, very conscious of them. Some of us unconscious, right? But we're fighting something and we're hoping, hoping <laughs> and taking action towards, to, to me, to integrate, to heal, to, to begin to, you know, resolve that. The character resolves at the end. The invisible line at the end of every story is the character was never same again. Right. Your perception has changed. They see the world differently. But we're not going to see the world differently if we're like, ah, I can't hear you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking about the hero's journey, you know, because I, I actually mapped that onto uh, the journey people go through when they do financial independence, this financial independence program. Um, you know, and they set forth and they think, I'm going to get my money all handled. And then you know, and they, they get themselves enough, you know, left a little stash that they can live on the, on the income from their stash. And then there's this whole identity crisis. Like, where am I now? What, what, what is this thing called freedom? I'm too free. I don't know what to do. And then they go into the hero's journey. Then they go into who am I in this world? What am I called? What is my call? Right. Um, who, who really is on my team? You know, and who are the people from my past who are who are betting against me? You know, that feeling. And then so and then you 
you know, you get into the deeper and deeper stuff. And the thing that you have to put on the altar is your certainty of who you are and what you're here for and what success looks like. All of that stuff goes on the altar. You know, you just, you have to surrender that. And there's, yeah. And then there's these very simple you know, you, you sort of like go like, oh, that's the truth. And then you sort of like totally humbled, you march back to the village and, and you, you say your sentence like love is the answer <laughs> or something. You know, you come back with a humble truth. Do, do you notice people like feel like their life has meaning and they found their story and they want to share it because they they've seen something? Do you find people like that in your writing group? Well, yes. I think when you tap that place that you've been trying to hide and then you release it and it's shared, it opens up your heart. There's a, there's a compassion to me, com- compassion for yourself and your, and, and your journey in a way maybe you didn't have before. And I think that's, that's truly beautiful. And, and you don't know when you do it, you don't know what the repercussions of like speaking that out loud. That's why it takes immense courage to even share these stories because you don't know what can happen. So you're welcoming uncertainty. You truly are welcoming uncertainty, but you know, you have to do it in order to, you know, it's a hero's journey transform. Yeah. Have you worked with a lot of activists? Have I worked with a lot of activists? Ha, let me see. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I I definitely have worked with her. I've worked with, um, I guess I, I coach Alanis Morris that she's a major activist to me. She's always <laughs> out there. In one sense, I think everybody in one, there's an activist in all of us, right? That is passionate and, and, and we, we want to change. We want to create a more beautiful world. Um, so yeah, Vicki, I would say so. I wonder how we, we, we talk about this thing that's unknown that we are in the middle of. You know, like how it feels to be, you know, not angry at somebody else because they're doing it to you or angry at COVID or it's just like taking, you know, I wonder, I wonder how we come through with more honesty in this. I wonder if that's sort of the, 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 the light on the horizon is this honesty about our vulnerability here on this planet. Yeah. I think because so many of us want to know the answer and we want to deploy the answer. We want to give the answer because we want it to turn out, you know? Yeah. But what is the truth and what is the answer? And, And if we hold in a fixed position, like I love this quote by Emerson, a foolish consistency is a hobgoblin of little minds. Right. We hold firm and fast that my way is the only way, and there's no room for possibility, then we're screwed. And um, this really speaks to me like, well, what can bring us together? I made a video maybe a year ago of the deplorable and the elite in the bathtub, and then myself. Oh, and uh, <laughs> they were fighting, you know, the deplorables, like, you know, uh, the, the, the elite's going whole foods and the deplorables going whole paycheck, whole foods, whole paycheck, whole foods. You know, they're fighting back and forth. And then one's going Shanti and the other one's going Jesus, you know, so they're, they're fighting, they're fighting. They don't want to listen. And then I say something about the deplorable 
And that character turns on me and say, how dare you call me deplorable? You're stereotyping me. And the other one says, how dare you call me being elitist? So they're now ganged up against me, right? As the writer of this sketch. And, and so my thing was, how do these two find unity and myself included? And so I started with commonality and I asked them both, when's the last time? Have you ever had, sorry, have you ever had your heart broken? Have you ever lost somebody you love? Have you ever looked up at the night sky with awe and wonder? Have you ever, so finding things to the commonality that both these characters could, could relate. We've all suffered loss. We all have shame. And so it ends with them being able to come to agreement that the humanness, the humanity of, of loss, mm. of, of, of the shared experience that we all go through and that we want... And I asked them both, what is it? Do you both have a hope and dream for a better tomorrow? And they're both nodding, yeah, right? But you start in this angst, that's where we are as a culture right now. And then you find, you find, and it's through story. That's the way. Did, did they say what their hopes and dreams are for a better tomorrow? No, I was doing a three minute sketch and I thought I could do go down. I just was asking them in, in the bathtub. I put them both in the bathtub together. <laughs> so, uh, and I know that they both would have the same, that there would be unity. Like if I asked that, cause I was writing the sketch, right. It would be that we could come together, that we could come together. I know they both would say that. And there they are together in the bathtub. Yes. See, the thing is, is that they're in the bathtub. We're in the drink. We're together yeah. in the little life raft. We're together yeah. in the yeah. life raft. And we're I didn't crossing. think about that, Becky. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the whole thing. Is like you've seen these, I probably this is a trope that's been used by more cartoonists than one about, you know, the rich people and the poor people, and they're in a single lifeboat. Yeah. You know, and and the poor people are, you know, bailing like crazy, and the rich people won't do a thing. Yeah. But the fact is, is that we're all in the, you know. I remember I heard one of the 13 grandmothers, uh, I think it was Alice. I think she's already passed. Um, and again and again, you know, she didn't have like long speeches. She just said, we're all in a leaky canoe and we've all got a paddle. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's so, true. It's yeah. true. And I when you're in a leaky canoe together, then you have to relate if yeah. you presume that you can somehow come out of this with, you know, terraforming Mars or, you know, if you believe that you can come through this intact, yes. if you sacrifice the other people who are in the bathtub, yeah, the story stuck. But the story happens when you recognize that we're all vulnerable. There's another character in this story, which is the climate which is just the earth doing her thing. Well, I'm feeling a little, yeah. I'm having a hot flash. I think I'll move the jet stream, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for, for entertaining this question and, and sharing, you know, you, you have, you offer, you know, like these very essential, simple truths, but you deploy them with, hundreds and thousands of people through getting them to unmute themselves yeah yeah it's like it's like what a what an acupuncture 
um, point in the body of humanity. I really appreciate you, Anne. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review so that this hopeful message can get out to more people. Check out Post Carbon Institute's Resilience website for show notes and for more guest information. Thanks also to Asher Miller, Amy Burringrood, and Clara Winter of Post Carbon Institute, plus production assistant Michelle Wig from frugalityandfreedom.com. <laughs>